Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> Just gonna stand there and watch me play. <laughs> All this wrestling, I don't want it to stop. Just gonna stand there and hear me cry. Well, that's all right because. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the line? <laughs> I will vote from what my culture? Join my mic off. Phil Chambers from what culture? Let's <laughs> just the goings on in wrestling this week. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. For daily wrestling podcasts, we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. On WrestleCulture, as I said, they're joined by Hamlet uh, and Phil Chambers. Sorry, but I've been sat next to you all day, and I know this isn't a video podcast, and this is going to go way past all of audience, but I've only just realized what your jumper is. Yeah! <laughs> Tiger King, Tiger isn't? King Christmas jumper. Go <laughs> watch the news from this morning, because I'm sure it'll be on that, but my word, the words on that jumper yeah, is not very Christmassy. She killed her husband. <laughs> she did. The hit Christmas jumper of 2020. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna, I'm really disappointed because my new one, which I am willing to bet, yep, everything I own, <laughs> you are going to love, Phil Chambers, <laughs> okay. is at the depot right now. Oh, oh, they attempted baby. to deliver it to my house yesterday, but I wasn't in, obviously, because I was working bloody hard podcasting. So. Is this going to be saved for the Christmas party? Is that a rule of yours that you wear the new one on Christmas party? It's late this year, though, isn't it? I've got to try and get the most out of the wares. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. I don't know. I suppose that's only technically three days of work, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because Christmas party, everyone is is next Thursday, so next week's wrestle culture is going to be fun, isn't it, Phil? Hey, hungover wrestle culture. You thought that song was bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have a bit of Riri, though. Good to see her back working, and I uh, thought pay a bit of homage to that. And you know, Bobby Fish, one of the stars of What Culture twenty twenty two. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, uh, I mean, to be fair, Bobby Fish and Rihanna, like, <laughs> no, <nah, laughs> like. 
<laughs> like peas in a pod. Well, this is it. Like, typically, if you were going to go to, like, music associated with Bobby Fish, you would have to go back to one of them, like, old-timey Radio Shack things, wouldn't you? Where, like, you just... <laughs> there's no music and there's somebody Twitter that... It's like, you know, sort of a... Who's the guy with a banjo? That UK yes, guy. That, like, when I'm gleaning windy. Yeah, that guy. That, that's what you think of Bobby Fish. So then, to Paul Rihanna, you've pulled him right into the present. He's day. featured on a podcast <laughs> already this week. Yeah, George me, Foreman. Yeah, and George, George Form, Foreman. Form B. Form B. Foreman's the grilling mean, grilling machine. Guy, yeah. Lean mean banjo machine, George <laughs> Foreman. Yeah, Form B is... That yeah, grill's so good, I put my name on it. Because <laughs> we were talking about new characters in mm. the Best Show of the Week NXT, of yep. course. Checks out. Uh, shout out to uh, Tony Q, by the way, who emailed me because I said you could have a, a wrestling minor. Not like that. Like the people <laughs> who go underground and that, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tony pitched coal miner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, good. Thank you for that, Tony. Uh, um, entertained us a lot in the office. Um, Fish is Bobby Q, isn't he? Sorry, I should be kept anonymous. But uh, hey, Alleg- allegedly, all I'm saying is that might not be the last Bobby Fish reference on this podcast. Ooh. Stick around. Like that reaction drew something similar to the impact zone when he asked where the lie was. <laughs> is it hot in here, uh, or is it uh, me sweating because of how bad that song was? <laughs> Um, Sasha Banks is heading to New Japan, Phil Chambers. Oh, what yeah. on earth's going on? the news. I was wondering what this podcast was going to be about. Um, it's mad, isn't it? But it's also utterly, utterly fantastic, and I absolutely cannot wait. It's like, of all of the things, like New Japan's, like, let's face it, been quite stale recently mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of interest, anyway. Um, of all the things that could drag people back in, no one would have picked, like, Sasha Banks as the thing. Um, but I am here for it. I will 100% watch the hell out of it. I will watch everything she does over in Japan because I'm just so fascinated because this is what she's wanted for so goddamn long. She's said it so many times that she's wanting to wrestle in Japan for the longest time. And mm. it's just it's just going to be bloody great. Teased, and I was saying on the news, she teased stardom uh, against yeah. Kyrie Sane previously, of course. And uh, I do like the the sort of weird reverse psychology of it all where I think it was the PW Insider report. I know Fightful have reported on it as well, where they basically said, yeah, we asked them about this Mm. and they didn't deny it. And normally if it's not true, they instantly deny it. The fact they've just not said anything means it may well be happening. Nothing is official yet in terms of what she's going to be doing there. But she is going to be attending. I was saying this on the news, Hamlet, that my brain went in two separate directions simultaneously. Of like, what? What does this mean? So does this mean she's done with WWE? I'm seeing people in the comments saying she could be, you know, her contract could run out at the end of 2022. Hence why all the dates start in January. And, yeah. you know, we're going to do a podcast uh, later on this uh, over the weekend talking about her potentially being the partner for Soraya in AEW and all the excitement that, that comes with. Or... Equally as good, arguably, is she still with WWE, but Triple H is open to letting more of his wrestlers work in Japan, a la Shinsuke Nakamura, of course. Yeah. Um, well, like everybody else, when I saw Sasha Banks' Wrestle Kingdom, I just assumed, right, she's going 60 minutes with Okada. Like that's, <laughs> it's going to set up. No, this story, to that point about whether or not it's going to be this followed by Dynamite on the 11th or this followed by the Royal Rumble at the end of the month, it's the best wrestling stories now, as we've learned over the past few years especially, are the ones that are both everything and nothing. And what I mean by that is, is that you can speculate, you are permitted to speculate on absolutely everything, even if in the end it amounts to nothing. Yeah. This could just be a Wrestle Kingdom appearance, and that in and of itself is a big story. It's going to be one of the first big stories of 2023, even if it amounts to nothing more than a smiling wave in the crowd, a la what Triple H used to do with NXT takeovers. Um, I think the stardom thing is really interesting because New Japan have been opening... Uh, up more to featuring women. I think last year it was on the Wrestle Kingdom undercard. Yeah. But I might be 
working myself into a shoot there because whether or not there's a working relationship beyond the existing one with Air New Japan and Stardom or Sasha Banks does one thing and then it's a one and done, we just don't know. But she certainly, I think the level of star, and I speak for myself here, the level of star that would hook me to watch more Stardom beyond the matches I'm told to watch, Yeah, I would love to watch more. Uh, we watch a lot of wrestling in the week at What Culture, and obviously a lot of it is for coverage. And I don't get a lot of extra time to watch extra stuff. We don't cover stardom, but I would make time for it. It's to my feelings that there are wrestlers that I should already be making time for. Yeah. But there are, I would make time for a whole show with Sasha Banks on it. And I dare say other people would do that too. It would remind me of how many people gravitated towards uh, New Japan when Chris Jericho first mm. wrestled for them. That was a show that people didn't just tune in for the Omega Jericho match. If they'd never watched New Japan before, they watched the whole thing yeah. and then found other wrestlers to fall in love with. I can only assume that would happen if you watch a stardom card that Sasha Banks is on, then you would find yourself taken with uh, various other wrestlers on the undercard. She probably wouldn't be in a main event, but you would stick around and watch a killer main event, and then that would draw you back into the next show. To go back a little bit further than that, as I understand it, and uh, this is going to sound like I'm just biased on looking for an excuse to bring them up, but... Uh, we would hear a lot of people that discovered independent wrestling through WCPW, mm. where it would use, obviously, wrestlers that you'd heard of to introduce its wrestlers that you hadn't. Yeah. Sasha Banks offers that tremendous value, uh, I think. Uh, to, and that's not to be patronising to stardom, who have kind of become the cool Japanese wrestling company as, like, they've been on the ascendancy as New Japan has kind of fallen from grace a little yeah. bit. So anyone that's like a stardom superfan listening to this is probably... Like punching the wall, listening, <laughs> talking about their favorite thing. I do not mean in any sense that, like, you know, you're wanting a bunch of Japanese wrestling tourists to come in and be like, right, that's our new favorite thing for a bit because we want to see a Sasha Banks match. But you would see the business upturn. You like, you genuinely believe you would see that. And the prospect of her being the dynamite mystery partner or her work in the Royal Rumble and this revealing some kind of new business relationship or passing fancy between WWE and New Japan is interesting. Well, thanks too. to Carl Anderson, of course. Well, yeah. indeed, yes. <laughs> the latest person to find yet a new forbidden door in this apartment. Just looks like this. Just one of them to catch Brian the Danielson couldn't do it, but yeah. Carl Anderson, <laughs> he's the one, man. It's just a maze of doorways now, isn't it? Like, the forbidden door now isn't this one door between wrestling companies. It's that round on Takeshi's castle, or Fall Guys, if you play that, <laughs> where you've just got to find the right one. Three of them are brick walls. Triple yes. H is building, but one yeah. of them is actually a doorway, and the wrestlers have just got... <laughs> Brian Danielson kept hitting the brick wall in WWE, but Carl Anderson has just strolled through it through into the next level. You mentioned the Royal Rumble there. The rumours have already started. Logan Paul's name being associated with it now. Mm -hmm. Early days, but, you know, Kofi's the only one, I think, who's declared for it so far. Yeah. Who are, who are some of your more outlandish picks for, for the Royal Rumble uh, entrance this year? So I feel like I'm going to... next up, year, I should say. Yeah, I'm going to end up repeating this in other videos, podcasts, etc. So, like, here it is now, but you're going to hear this again because I feel like I need it for what's going to happen type content. I predicted this last year. And it didn't happen, but a sort of version of the outcome did. A little bit of me wonders if they're going to have Steve Austin win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need, for like a Royal Rumble, an effective Royal Rumble surprise in the modern age, you need only a few things. You need enough physicality without exposing the surprise themselves. So you need them in the ring for a little bit, but not ages, because then the last thing you want, it happened with Ronda Rousey last year. She was in there long enough that people were like, oh yeah, she's back now. And then it, she wins the match, and the, the the like the pop has fizzled a little bit because oh we've got to look at it for like ten minutes working and all mm. this sort of thing. 
you need a big entrance theme pop, uh, two Royal Rumbles, 60 entrances, and about three pops last year. That cannot happen again. Yeah. It was difficult for us on the stream. I kept having so to be difficult. like, oh, Phil, look, it's... Please show me the Tron, please show me the Tron. <laughs> yeah, like Steve Austin generates that with the glass smashing in the yeah. Royal Rumble. I think he gave him a new theme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number like 27 to 30, that kind of position where he doesn't need to be out there that long. Cody, um, Punk, Rock, Austin. Yeah, just 27 to 30. No, yeah, you don't want to ask too much, yeah. But Big E just before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in winning, and by the way, making history is the first like four time Royal Rumble in it, mm. then throws what we already think we know about WrestleMania into disarray. So you don't need Steve Austin as a weekly television character to be the number one contender. You need the champion, the people to be fighting over the belt at the prospect of getting to fight Steve Austin in the main event. It kind of flips it a little bit. So everybody has already assumed Roman Reigns versus The Rock or Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes or whatever. And I just think Austin would fit that profile quite well. The conversation, of course, when he was training was like, who's the Austin match? And we're all excited for the possibility of punk, which is still pipe dream <laughs> stuff. Really. Pipe dream. <laughs> but yeah, this visual of Austin just running wild. Stunners, stunners, stunners. People getting thrown out. Fans are still popping at his entrance, and then the match is suddenly over, and he's the one. I can never, I don't want to watch him pointing at the sign. Maybe pointing with his middle <laughs> finger at the sign. Toasting the sign. Toast yeah, toasting the sign. There it is. Toasting the sign. Perfect. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem that wild because the three of us watched him work and take a suplex on the concrete, and it's like, oh, he's back. Right, he's back, man. I'd take what has happened to us this year? Yeah. You're here pitching Stone Cold to win the Royal Rumble Mad last year it. because 2022 has been so yeah. bad stuff crazy. Yeah, I. I'm not against Logan Paul winning the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The performance he put in, in Saudi. Yeah, it'd be amazing. A, a, an amazing comeback again. I think reports today seem to suggest he didn't triple tear his knee. Mm. It was it was only an MCL tear. Oh, good, yeah. With some stem cells, that could be fixed, can't it, Phil? <laughs> so um, who's your more, more of a uh, left-field choice? Maybe know. not necessarily to win the Rumble, to pop up in it. Do you, are you still sore about Molly from this year? Always, always <laughs> sore about Molly from this year. Never forget Nikki Cross. Um, I don't know. They've got a they've got a problem now. They've got a Sami Zayn problem in all this. Oh. Like it, it used to be just Cody, and it was kind of like the most obvious choice, but also a fantastic choice mm. at the same time. Like the big return thing for Cody, and then going on to WrestleMania to win the big one. Perfect, absolutely perfect. Not so much anymore, though, because now I really goddamn want Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. As ridiculous as that sounds, like WWE booking that as the main event of WrestleMania, I still really, really, really bloody want it. So, I mean, there's loads of stuff you could do with Sami. I'm sure, like, Sami's going to have a great spot in the Rumble, and, like, the bloodline will all team together, but then there's, like, there's always that bit where Sami could just turn around up one of the Usos and just chuck him out <laughs> and, like, kickstart that or something. Like, I just, I just want Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns now. And I almost don't care how we get there. But that leaves a huge question mark on the Royal Rumble because if it's not Sami Zayn that wins it, because the, both the belts are on Roman, unless you do one belt each night, mm. which I still think is probably the best way of doing this yeah. to actually finally get around that problem. Um, or one of the start the of the night, one at the end. Elimination Chambers <laughs> in Montreal. You're going to yeah. get it. You're going to get it. I mean, it's just going to be as cruel as it possibly It's going to be there, I think, isn't it? Yeah, like probably. The, I think that match... Uh, like I, I like that the I, we talked about this on something else. I like the idea of the Sami Zayn with the Bloodlines help getting loads of eliminations, but I kind of want to save that spot for Dominic Mysterio yeah. because, <laughs> because Ray's surprise return in the match yeah. to just stop his son stealing these. <laughs> like Damien Priest and Finn Balor are beating people up, but Dominic's getting credited with the tip. Yeah. You are but, right though. Like I'm glad I'm not a betting man because I would have made some stupid bets in the summer of. It's going to be Cody and Becky. It's a lock. Yeah. And now there's an argument in my head that neither of them should win it. Rhea yeah, should like win Rhea the on, Rhea on the women's side. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Sammy, 
punk, like <laughs> Stone Cold, Baron Stone Cold, Triple H getting picking up the, the big phone and Gorilla and just saying like, "Yep, we want you, we want you." No, 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 just as a, a talent contract, no strings attached. Come in for the night, great time. Catch up with the boys, and get yourself away again. Vince McMahon, <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. Gets his uh, gets his ass kicked like that very uncomfortable. Gets stunned and thrown out at the end by Stone Cold. Perfect. Stone Cold wins. There we go. Like, <laughs> he's scared like, by his own music playing. We're going to let you make good on your last ever stunner because it was the single biggest piece of crap ever. So, like, <laughs> I still I've got a lot of names uh, that I'd like to see. If I mean, it's a good tea. It pops to mind as well. Yeah. Like, there's always the chance of a little bucket tea pop up. Not to win it, I'm saying, yeah. but like just as a person who yeah. could pop up. Your best friend Wade Barrett. This is what yeah, I'm about Wade to say. Barrett, yeah, yeah. Wade Barrett is someone I could like. It just so happens that whenever <laughs> I seem to go on Twitter, he's there clanging and banging. I'm like, <laughs> now, what are we doing here, yeah. Stu? <laughs> I like to call him because, yeah, it just, I, it writes itself. Well, people, were <laughs> people not winning the whole thing. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Huh? People were hoping to see some uh, huge surprise returns in tonight's Royal Rumble, Michael. And to them, I've got to say, I've got some bad news. Head, head set off. And then McAfee in there, obviously, well, as well. I was like, I did wonder why you were wearing a floor length jacket with a <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, I'm, I'm already giddy with excitement at the moment. These words, you know, Royal Rumble. I always think the day after the Royal Rumble, oh, this is the longest time until the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a it is sad. the best show of the year. Um, in baffling news this week, Phil, you and I reported on the fact that AW have nothing for Miro. What? <laughs> yeah. Dumb this. I mean, the news has kind of changed slightly, I guess, <laughs> recently this morning, I guess. But just the fact that you've got a guy like Miro on your roster and he's not on TV. What What are you, why? What are you doing? What are you playing at? Even if it's, like we were speculating on the, on the news, make Rampage the Miro show and just have him run <laughs> through some people. Like, at least have him there somewhere. He's incredible. Yeah, he, he, the, the reports initially were that they want to have creative meetings with them, but that haven't been organized. But I was like, yeah. what are you playing at? Maybe they're hiding him in plain sight, and they're going to add. They're going to have his name spelt with a H at the end. So it's me, R O H. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is going to be Rampage, but it's going to be Mirror Rampage. He's going to be the Ring of Honor. He's going to win the, win the bail. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. Like Miro's fantastic, and everybody loves Miro, and everybody loves that run. And I ch- it's worth remembering, right, that AEW booked that run. So the best, arguably, he did do good stuff as Rusev, but arguably the best run of his career was under an AEW banner. Mm. So theoretically, you kind of think, well, this is the best place for him. But the fact that there is no injury or there is no, at this point, apparent issue as to why you wouldn't use him just piles more pressure on this, you know, growing problem of there being too many wrestlers, too yeah. many people to use, too many people to focus on. I, I keep thinking... Trent Seven. <laughs> I'm going to brush past him. <laughs> I'm going to brush past that. Like, the one, something I keep thinking of, the Ricky Starks promo on Dynamite, was sublime stuff. Oh, my God. Absolutely <laughs> worthy of the button, right? It was just to sell a pay-per-view, and not a pay-per-view. A winter is coming, right? Yeah, a pay-per-view yeah. feeling main event with MJF. However, it can't just be for that. That's not how this should work. He's going to lose to MJF. So as much as that sold that match, it hasn't sold any of us, any of us, on there being a title change, right? So it was only as effective as what he does next. Yeah. And I think there is more than enough evidence to worry us that the answer to that will be, Nothing. He will lose to MJF, and then he will feature 
and you will see him from time to time and he'll pick up wins. Will he? He didn't after he beat Powerhouse Hobbs. True, yeah. So, so maybe I'm just being optimistic there. <laughs> That's but, you being, this is us being optimistic. They might not book him well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe literally the entire point of that promo and why he was so passionate about it was like, I know what happened bloody last time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make them remember me this time. It's not like a... It's not like a bad faith argument or anything to find these wrestlers that are built to this one particular point and then drop off. And that's okay too if you've got a regular cycle yeah. and we're in the period where the roster was smaller so you could trust that somebody was going to come round again or the rankings where somebody would lose a couple and then they'd have to win their way back up. In a system and a framework that made more sense, this kind of stuff was forgivable. Mm. But we're not in that anymore really and the roster is so huge that... I keep saying this. The issue is not that we don't know who these people are. The issue is that there's just so bloody many of them. Like, it does not matter if a few weeks ago the kingdom come in and it's just like, oh, the kingdom are here. Oh, but I, but I don't know who they are. Well, they're the kingdom. It's written on the T-shirts, right? That's yeah. it. <laughs> the end. That's the end of that conversation. The problem is that if they get a tag title shot one week, oh, you're told the king were really important, and then they're not there the next yeah. week or the week after or the week after because another team has come in. That's the bigger issue. Is like, but you just told me to care about the kingdom. Yeah. Like, and and now should I even bother now? Because they're not even on a Ring of Honor show, and they're Ring of Honor guys, and that's this yeah. weekend. Like, it's that kind of mix. Everything's so mixed up that Amiro. It's understandable why he gets lost in the shuffle, but he just happens to be a lot of people's favourites. There will be other wrestlers that this is happening to that we're not even realising. Yeah. WWE's that John Laurinaitis line in his original run as the like the Hatchet Man in WWE was creative. Creative has nothing for you. Mm. Like they all heard it. And it just sounded like negligence because it was like, well, you're saying this to these various talented people and you've got this massive like TV presence. It's for this to be happening now. If like if that phrase was lumbered upon AEW wrestlers, it would be as damning as it gets. Yeah. Because he yeah. was this he was this disaster in this talent relations figure, and that's effectively what they're feeding Miro. Yeah. Creative the, has nothing for you. He is ab- he absolutely works his arse off, does Miro. Do you think they should do more with him? Because I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the problem is at this point whether it's Russo or Miro nobody's thinking about his IP and that is to be <laughs> that is to be protected ultimately there is a way of doing this though like in long term like yes we know, we know they've got Buster Blood they've got too many people that's like a given problem that is there but why not put people like you say on a some kind of rotation like some kind of like old school territory system where they come in for like nine months, 12 months, 15 months, however long it is, you have something for them all that time and then you give them three, four, five months off. Yeah. And then bring them back and like rotate through. And yes. so long as everyone's on different schedules of this, <laughs> you'll be constantly getting different matchups and you won't have this worry because you know that, okay, this is Miro's out mm. time. In a few months' time, we're going to have something for him. We'll have a full story for it, yeah. like with a couple of different stories laid up or something like that. And use it as a rotation system and use it as a time to give people some time off and a bit of time, time to heal. Give people a break from Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give people a break from Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> and also freshen up your TV at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I also like the idea of, uh, like, let's say Mercedes Bernardo, uh, Sasha Banks goes to, to AEW and Tony Khan's like, look, I've heard the complaints about roster bloat, so you know what? We signed her. She was the last signing of 2022. We signed her at midnight, midnight on New Year or whatever. And in 2023... No, no new signings. We're going to deal with these issues of roster bloat. We're going to book the people we've already got. 
If you're Triple H, do you deliberately release like John Cena? That <laughs> <laughs> just, just, to test his just to dangle that Go little on. carrot. <laughs> you want him? But Brock Lesnar, maybe? It's I get nervous when we talk about roster blow, and I don't want Tony Khan to get on this release. You're right, it's like no yeah. hiring, not firing, but just no hiring. Yeah. But I do worry that it was like, you know what, I've listened, and this roster is going to get smaller, and we're uh, we're going to start cutting. Right, uh, Penelope Ford, you can go. Uh, Madison Rain, you can go. Yeah. And then you start making, wait a second. <laughs> something that's connected. <laughs> um, but it's it's one problem at a time for, uh, for Tony Khan, because he appears to have at least got on the road to... Saving and fixing AEW Rampage this week. An awful rating last week. 0.08, less than 400,000 viewers for them. And the solution is two championship matches tonight. Uh, A surprise appearance, which we won't reveal who it is, just in case people don't want to know. And uh, Yeah, it's a spoiler to know, and then it spoils the show when you watch it. (laughs) And Moxley versus Takeshita. Unbelievable. Moxley versus Takeshita. The thing with Rampage... Like, not to beat this dead horse at this point, is that it can't be Moxley versus Takeshita now won't fix it for the next six weeks, just in the same way it didn't. Moxley was in a tag match on Rampage like three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it's not, but it needs to happen every week. You need this every single week. The more, it was like we said when he started taking it back out on the road again, and it was either going live or going on a Thursday. You've solved 50% of the problem with Rampage, I think, and then the card was rubbish. It was like, well, you've massively neglected the other 50%, and this was a waste of time. You might as well have just filmed after Dynamite after all. I think both those things need to happen at the same time. You need Moxley versus Takeshita this week, and then you need a match of similar standing the week after, and the week after, and the week after. <laughs> Ideally, in Moxley versus Takeshita, you need angle advancement. I don't know really at the moment how you do that, because uh, on Dynamite, when asked, when given an impossible job, of how on earth a character like John Moxley was supposed to sell William Regal's, ah, this was the real test, and you passed. Didn't like that. I? Didn't I? Like, he no-sold it effectively, which was the only way for him to possibly sell something like that. He's not really got a story at the moment. I would like, considering that this man was a uh, critically acclaimed opponent of Takeshita as well, let's advance the Hangman Page story on Rampage tonight. Mm. So you have this awesome Moxley Takeshita match and then Moxley wins and he's getting his hand raised and Hangman's music hits and he shakes hands with Takeshita and then gets back in a brawl with Moxley because then me, somebody that hypothetically might not get to Rampage till like the very end of the weekend or something. Um, I think Sidgwick's compared it to sort of like the homework that you just don't want to do and you're doing it on the bus to school and the teacher can see that your handwriting's got bus shake or something like that. <laughs> like to the point where he's watching the last match on the way in so he can review it with you. I'm racing to that on Saturday morning if there's been angle advancement between mm. a story that's been developed on Dynamite. But it has to happen week after week. Even and if so you're not racing to it that week, that you then get the replay that happens on Dynamite and then you're like, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I should have watched that. <laughs> it's like a six-month project. Yeah, like it has to take that long. Because yeah. I'm, I'm talking about saving Rampage here, Phil. And it, it's not fair to say, well, this show used to do millions of viewers. It did when it said... <laughs> Seeing Paul's going to be on this yeah, show is quite a different thing. But even so, it is a, a vast drop off we've seen in the last six months. Yeah, it's show. absolutely huge. I mean, it's a, it's a B show and it's always going to be a B show, but it doesn't have to be that low. It doesn't <laughs> at all. Like it's even if, the WWE C show, yeah. technically. But it's mm. like they used to do. They used to do so much more to, with it. Like the swerving our glory. A lot of the story that they were telling with that was done on Rampage. It was like that was kind of the destination show for that story. If you're into that story. So even if it is just slightly splitting stuff up. Athena now. Exactly, yeah. Really? Like, like Athena now has happened for the build-up for this Ring of Honor title mm, match. More stuff like that. You weren't watching, you wouldn't know. Yeah. It speaks volumes that they didn't put any of the best of seven on there as well, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, it I is, never yeah. thought of that, but yeah, that yeah, graphic flashes well. up. Yeah, but it's like having things like that, but then having again the recaps on Dynamite to say, look, this thing is happening on Rampage. Look how great it is. Maybe yeah. you should go and watch it and check it out. Like there's like there's hard, apart from the match graphics that um, Excalibur runs through at the end of the show. Which are usually Jobber versus yeah. Star. There is naff all else that they do to talk about Rampage on that di- on Dynamite. Booking patterns happen, and I understand why it does, because initially for a while it's convenient to the booker in question or the company, the way it does its television or whatever. WWE, from the moment the network was founded in 2014, no longer needed to pattern book four or five weeks at a time, pay-per-view on a Sunday. They could have just stopped that. Like, it's a choice. Nobody drops $50 a month on a pay-per-view anymore because JBL spent months calling you thick if you did it. <laughs> like, that has gone. But that used to exist with that purpose in mind. You have four or five weeks, hard sell, basically, for a Sunday show, then off, you, off we start again, that cycle. Oh, Sunday shows. Oh, yeah, I miss them. Here we are, eight years later, and they're still doing it because it's the only pattern they know, really. You know, like we talked about when um, Day One and TLC were gone at the same time. You know, hang on, what's this, like... 12 weeks between the Survivor Series <laughs> and the Rumble. How, how can this company do 12 weeks of television? Because it's just so alien that <laughs> yeah. they would have to try. Yeah. Or eight weeks or whatever it is. AEW has fallen into this pattern mm. with Dynamite and Rampage. They book Wednesday to Wednesday and then Friday, even from the outside, looks like an inconvenience. Yeah. Mm. And it's this is just how it goes sometimes. You have to change the pattern. It's the hardest thing in the world to change it. But it's that old adage, isn't it? Of like, well, this is the way we've always done it. Mm. Yeah. Nobody likes that. It's like... Not without precedent either. Like SmackDown used to be pretty much exactly the same. It used to be the Raw recap show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then half of the it. show was yeah. just Raw recaps mm-hmm. and then matches that you really don't want to see. And it like it's been through sort of peaks and troughs of Vince McMahon giving a crap about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, even when it when they had the bland split, like at one point it still dropped off a cliff. But then you get like the Heyman Five era, and then like now with like Roman Reigns and everything like that, like it goes up and down. But mm. you just you just need to put care and effort into it that's and it re- will come back up. That's a really great example as well because it kind of goes a little bit underreported. So we've talked before about the, the recap era of SmackDown, but when they launched SmackDown Live on Tuesdays uh, in 2016, that was a very, very calculated process to try and up its value ahead of a big rights yeah. fee agreement in 2018. And what happened? They got the biggest one ever. So two years of SmackDown overperforming on Tuesdays on USA Network was such a huge part, fa- a huge factor in them getting a billion dollars for it off Fox. Yeah. So it does show that you can, but it had to be, it had to be a project. Yeah. Had, you know, you had Talking Smack alongside it. There's a period of SmackDown that like wanker losers like me genuinely were still bat, go to bat for. <laughs> and even after it fell off a little bit, it, at this point established its own identity. They put stars on there. John Cena was exclusive yeah. to SmackDown for a while. Mm-hmm. And on a Tuesday live show, it didn't even feel like it was in the right place in the week. Yeah. And yet... SmackDown Live is now deified as an era for that yeah. brand. And it was with this billion dollar deal in mind. They got it. Yeah. They actually, they, they, they did the work a little bit. So it can be done. There's plenty of examples of this sort of thing being done. But it never looks like they want to do it. Like, I always wonder how low the ratings are before internally AW aren't happy with it. Maybe they are fine with Rampage just the way it is. He never, never comes out. Like, he'd never do anything in a press conference, Tony Khan, but say... Yeah, I don't know why people can't pay attention. We've got a great show now. We've got John Moxley and Takeshita on a TNT and TBS. It's going to be a great show. It's like, well, you've just spun, uh, Tony. I wanted an answer, but instead you've spun. <laughs> Nine days! And that. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'd love them to talk more about what they think mm. of it. Because it always feels like fan and podcast speculation like this. Yeah. Deciding that it's cooked rather than them themselves saying, this is, yeah, we hold our hands up. We've kind of knackered this one. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com Slash what culture? Uh, this weekend, Phil, it is, of course, Ring of Honor Final Battle and NXT Deadline. Uh, the Final Battle preview is available right now. What culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, and me and Hamlet previewing uh, NXT Deadline, uh, which is, of course, Saturday night for our US listeners and uh, probably still Saturday night, Sunday morning <laughs> for us here in the UK. Uh, that preview is coming out lunchtime our time tomorrow, so plenty of time to catch that before the premium live event. Um, but the speculation appears to be, Phil, that uh, that's the final NXT premium live event that will go down in the same place it's gone down for the last, what, two years? Mm, Something yeah. like that. Uh, and that Vengeance Day is going to be heading out on the road, NXT back on tour. That's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And not just in terms of like the product itself and getting it in front of new fans that aren't just the same people over and over yeah. and over again, let's face it. But, like, in terms of, like, it is there for development. Like, these people are wrestling to try and get better to then go on and get spots elsewhere. They need to wrestle in front of different crowds. They need to see some crowds don't like certain things. Some like crowds like completely different things. Um, and they need to figure out exactly what that is and then how to work with those people to get them all on board. And they, they can never, ever, ever, ever learn that. As much as someone might be there to tell them how to do that, they would never learn that without actually getting in front of different crowds uh, and experiencing it for themselves. So in terms of a, like, personal development thing mm. it's invaluable i think to actually get back out on the road again yeah it's do you know it's something as well when you put it like that phil i hadn't really thought about this till now one of the problems with so the old you know this take this developmental issue that still exists really that the performance center hasn't generated anywhere near the amount of stars it should have done yeah. other than refining a lot of people that were signed with a tremendous amount of talent in the first place that once the takeover went out on on the road regularly so something like brooklyn in 2015 um i'm trying to I think it was the first one out of full sale with 2015 Brooklyn, but then they went back for a couple after that. But for the most part, after that, they were out and about. The takeover immediately became a prize because you're getting to work in the same building as where the pay-per-view is the next night. You're getting a hot crowd in the pay-per-view because NXT was like white hot back then. Yeah. 
Um, and as Phil says, it's a different crowd, it's a different experience, that size and that scale of everything is going to help the wrestlers. Problem was, Triple H got so hooked on critical acclaim that he booked wrestlers that already had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> so the people grinding every week on NXT to get the prize of a takeover spot almost never got one. You know, there was exceptions. Of course, there was rule-proven exceptions. Yeah. But now that entire roster is almost brand spanking you. They're people that have only ever worked either in the performance centre on a quiet day or in a performance centre on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. They go to work in the same location, and that practice ring on a Tuesday becomes the, uh, their their sort of showcase ring. It'd yeah. be like an amateur dramatics group rehearsing, and then a crowd coming in on show night mm-hmm. once. That's yeah. the equivalent. That's what the NXT experience is now. To be able to take an entire show's worth of NXT wrestlers, with the odd exceptions, and I mean they really are odd exceptions. Someone like a Mandy Rose, or if it was Dead Lane this weekend, it'd be the New Day as well. Yeah, like five percent of the roster in that locker room have never had that kind of experience and you're getting that in every, you know, it's easy to say takeover, in that takeover cycle, mm. in all of these specials. Because what? What have they had so far? Stand and deliver? That'll be it, I guess. Yeah. Ron yeah. Breaker's had the odd TV appearances. Again, there's always little exceptions, but as a roster for the most part, stand and deliver in Dallas last year is the only time I can think of where they've been out of there. Is there, is there any more? great show it was, well. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I had so much fun at that show. <laughs> was, was there any others? I can't think of yeah, that any time that since that the 2.0 relaunch where they've been out. So it's just, it's going to be a totally different experience. It's like, you know, some of them might die in their ass, but that has to happen too. Baptism yes. of fire, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, all... you've, you've got to die to learn why you died and yeah. then figure out how not to do it next time. Mm-hmm. You learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes, mm, as they always yeah. say. Exciting to see what happens, and I'm, I'm looking forward to Deadline and Final Battle this weekend. We'll be reviewing both of them on Monday, of course, as well as SmackDown. And if you, it's going to be a busy Monday, basically. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you've got a long journey ahead of you, a Christmas journey ahead of you, you're going to be loaded up on yeah. Monday with lots of uh, review content. But let us know your thoughts on everything we discussed on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. And enough of all this, it's now time for a... Look, good quiz. Shout out to uh, John Harrison. I forgot to get his updated version of that with the. Oh, he's, wow. a, he's a riff monster, oh. John Harrison. <laughs> Beast. Uh, and this week's Bloody Good Quiz is brought to you by Mimi Burris, a regular contributor, often sending us fantastic questions on our news. Um, you can have your name associated with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Just you know, screenshot it and uh, send it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com or particularly in my good graces today, you could do what Mimi's done and write a quiz. Oh, what a legend. <laughs> it's pretty hectic, as, sh- as she called as we head towards the end of this year. Uh, and Mimi writes, Hi, Adam. I've heard you guys talking about this, and I thought it was a great idea. So I've attached a... And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Quiz to this email. <laughs> I figure the holidays are coming around, so maybe this will save you a bit of time if you wanted to use it. Mimi, you're a lifesaver. Uh, again, all again, Car- carried man, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely carried by people. Disgrace. All these facts are from the internet. So I don't know how you do it, Phil. I don't know how you sit there. The quizzes that you come up with, sit there in front of somebody that like dresses himself up as a broadcast professional. <laughs> <laughs> Posting on the inventing hashtag bloody good quiz. If you know, um, You're the thing, person at the end of the game show credit. Is now your endermole of, our, of the bloody good quiz at this point, aren't you? We're just production people. We're just like, show creator that hasn't done a day in work <laughs> ever since. Uh, Mimi writes, again, all these facts are from the internet, so I cannot be held responsible. That's fair. Uh, you guys make my day every day with your humour and anal- analysis. Thanks for all the hard work. Mimi Burris. Thank you, Mimi. Um, Mimi for this and for all your great Twitter questions. Uh, But yes, 10 questions. 
uh, and you have to tell me. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Uh, and, you know, often you <laughs> see these quizzes and you think it's a bit unfair to put anyone up against the Dadly Boys. But <laughs> there's a little bit of a counter offer here, Phil. Okay. Trade offer. Hello. You have to face Michael Hamlet. But Mimi has written a specific question just for you. And that's the one I'm guaranteed to get <laughs> wrong. <laughs> mem- uh, here we go. My memory's going, man. Me and Bobby Fisher have got advancing years in common. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, never had a memory. It's fine. <laughs> well, even. Those of you who have forgotten the rules, shout out your name, wait for me to come to you. Multiple choice. And, but remember, most importantly of all, it's just for fun. Can we shout out next week's isn't next week's <laughs> next week's thing is not. It's highly competitive. Okay. I'm contemplating. Yeah, I'm going to reveal this now. I'm Ooh. contemplating rolling back a tradition we haven't done in a long old time, and that is that if it's you and Nicholas going head-to-head, you can recruit team members. Oh, Ooh. hello. It's been a while. Anyone needs that. to kill some time the day after we uh, go to Christmas party? <laughs> oh, we were all doing the podcast <laughs> for three hours. We'll see how Hamlet does on this one. <laughs> yeah, this is your audition. <laughs> oh, yeah. You. Uh, okay, so you have to tell me... Uh, just once again, Bobby, what do they have to tell me? And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Hope you're ready, podcast listeners, because you're going to be hearing a lot of that button. <laughs> Are you trying to hit that enough that like, we stop popping like the Impact fans do for Bobby Fish? <laughs> Question number one. Uh, this one's all about Hell in a Cell. So regarding Hell in a Cell, you have to tell me. And I mean... <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? Couldn't have just made two buttons. Couldn't have just made a <laughs> where's the lie button. It's always the build-up. Yeah, I know, you, you need the, and I mean, uh, yeah. folks, it's, it's, it's where one, is the lie? It's one of those you really have to see the full <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. You can't just, you know, you can't just show a tiny picture of Picasso in a corner of it. You want to see the whole thing. Yeah. Hell in a cell. All right. Where's the lie? CM Punk was the first person to lose a belt in Hell in a Cell in 2009. The first Hell in a Cell match took place in 1997. Sasha Banks has fought every other four horsewoman in the cell, or there have been a total of 51 Hell in a Cell matches at time of recording. Hamlet. CM Punk, first guy to lose the belt. No, dear, that's wrong. Again. Not my, not my quiz. That's Hello. Um, not, and, and Mimi's just blaming the internet. Yeah. So I'll go with the last one then, the 51 Hells in the Cells. Yay! 49. that. We've not wow. hit 50 yet. There you go. Wow. Which could be saved, I suppose, now, because they've binned off the... That's tape, right, yeah, they? the 50th one yeah. is going to count for a change. How are you going to tap the titty <laughs> Hell in a Cell? That's oh my, my question. Yad. Torn titty. Uh, question it's going to be on NXT now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> question two. Uh, this is about... The Undertaker. Hello. The Undertaker is a former basketball player. He's <laughs> a former bastard. I was like, well, there's the, fir- <laughs> there's the first lie. Past, present, and future. <laughs> the Undertaker is an avid listener of classical music. The Undertaker hates cucumbers, or Paul Heyman once managed The Undertaker. Hamlet. I'll go with classical music. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with as well. Correct. The cucumber one is the safest bet, isn't it? Yeah. Every, that's out there. <laughs> Everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, question three. Jake Hague would like this question because it's all about championships. Yeah! <laughs> King 
Ibuguer and Chris Benoit are the only Triple Crown champions in WCW and WWE. The World Tag Team Championships have changed hands more often than any other title in WWE history. Shawn Michaels has forfeited the most number of titles in WWE, or Owen Hart has won three tag team championships with three different partners. Ooh. Kind of want to let Hamlet take the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I only know two of them to be definitely true, I think. Phil, why not? I'll take it. I'll go with the tag team one. No, dear, that's wrong. Ah. It, was it there? What was the first one? King Booker uh-huh. and Chris Benoit are the only triple crown champions in WCW and WWE. I'll go with that one. Yay! Yeah. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Also oh. a triple crown. I, to be honest, I wasn't there with Bret. I'd done the Owen Tag Champions in my head, and I was counting through Sean's forfeits because he gave up a lot of belts. <laughs> he has dropped a lot of titles without getting pinned. Right. Uh, Two one to Hamlet, but here it is, Phil. Uh-oh. Your question. Uh oh. He literally says a free. <laughs> I really wish you <laughs> really wish you hadn't built this one up now. A free point for Phil. Mimi's written. <laughs> it's all about Molly Holly. Hello. So, Molly Holly wrestled under the name Starla Staxton. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Molly Holly was trained by Dean Malenko. Molly Holly is a three-time former women's champion. Or Molly Holly once had an on-screen love angle with Spike Dudley. Phil. No pressure. Do them again? (laughs) Wrestled under the name Starla Staxton, trained by Dean Malenko, three-time former women's champion, or once had an on-screen love angle with Spike Dudley. I feel like this is going to be wrong now, but I want to say the Starla Staxton one. No, dear, that's wrong. Because why would you make that one up? Mm. And it's not me. And it's not you. That'd be, be a funnier name. <laughs> if Phil's going to get that wrong, I really didn't want it to get it wrong with another one, so I could rule out, because I knew it was I knew Starla Saxon, and I know the last one's true as well, despite Dudley. Yeah. So I'll go with... Oh, man. So Beth Phoenix. No, I'm getting that the wrong way around. Molly Holly paid for Beth Phoenix's training. I'll go with the Dean Malenko one, because she must have been power plant. No, dear, that's wrong. Ah. She was, I, knew, I knew the Dean Malenko one. It would Only be the belts. two times. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it's champion. So still 2-1 to Hamlet. Question five. That's um, why I went with the Starless Daxton one, because yeah. I thought the belts one. I knew the Dean Malenko one. God yeah. damn it. Question five is just titled Youth. Well, I'm out. <laughs> Rene Dupree <laughs> is the youngest WWE champion in any category, winning the World Tag Team Championships when he was 19. Uh, Brock Lesnar is the youngest WWE world champion in WWE history. Hornswoggle is only 32 years old. Or Yokozuna is the second youngest WWE champion. Phil. Ooh. I'm going to go for Hornswoggle. Yay! He's older, isn't he? He's 36. A friend of the channel. Mm, He is indeed. Uh, I was able to play craps. Yes, he did indeed. <laughs> and uh, that brings you to twos each. Two-two. Archbishop Desmond yep. at the halfway point. Of course. Um, just a reminder, if you've just joined us. Um, How? Hamlet <laughs> and Phil Chambers are trying to figure it out. And I mean, oh, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? 
Question six. All about <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy is the only cage match in WrestleMania history. Chris Benoit's title victory at WrestleMania 20 is the first time a title was won by submission in the main event. Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19 was the first main event at WrestleMania to feature two wrestlers using their real names. Or WrestleMania 32 holds the record for most pay-per-view buys. Oh, um, Hamlet, there's two lies, minimum. Right. <laughs> Again, you're going to need to tell me the one that I've got highlighted on this sheet. Gosh. 32 uh, was after the pit view era. It was on the network by then. It's, it's, that's a lie. But uh, Bundy and Hogan fought in a cage, and so did Braun and Shane, and there'll be others. But like Braun and Shane come oh, straight yeah. to mind as, an, as a WrestleMania cage match. So yeah, I'm going to say that, that this is a genuine... It's not you, Mimi. Wilbon forgot to read out the words main event when he's on about Bundy and Hogan. And we'll say that WrestleMania 32 is the like because that was a network show. Yay! Correct. <laughs> yeah. Three, two. <laughs> Next question's all about John Moxley. The best thing about quizzes is nerds that ruin them, isn't it? That's, that's what I was like. Uh, the piss gargler himself, John Moxley. Um, he got his name because he was told he looked like a character on Varsity Blues. He almost lost a nipple during a match. Shawn Michaels came up with the name Dean Ambrose, or he took part in a bout in a drunken Taipei death match. Bill. I mean, the last one sounds very John Moxley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does, doesn't it? So I'm going to go with the Dean Ambrose one, the Shawn Michaels one. Yay! Because I knew came, the other two were true. You know who came up with Dean Ambrose? No. Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, wow, of yeah. course. When he goes back to WWE, as we all know, he's going to, well, not go back, but when he <laughs> confirms what we all knew, then you can have the Cody stuff. <laughs> uh, Will Bond's going to be like, well done, that was a really good long joke. You played <laughs> uh, the ne- nipple one, uh, Mimi's I definitely remember that relation. Yeah. Uh, he, a guardrail spot went wrong when he was facing Jimmy Jacobs in a no DQ match for Dragon Gate. It's pierced, wasn't it? Oh, oh, it nearly yeah. slashed his bloody nipple. Oh, That's still. Even, 3-3. Three, three. Hey, three questions to go. Why do people go. wrestle with piercings? You're just asking for problems. It. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, you're trying to find out where's the lie with this next one. Are we? Oh, oh I'm glad you told us that now. John Cena has won the WWE Tag Team title belts <laughs> once with Chris Jericho, David Otunga, Batista, and The Miz. Folks, where's the lie? Hamlet, <laughs> 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 uh, Jericho. I remember the Otunga one in particular. Yeah, that was dumb. All that yeah, story, was really stupid. <laughs> right, Phil, you need to take the, get this to take it to the final question. Okay. Uh, all of these men have jumped off the top of the pod. Assume uh, the elimination chamber, chamber. chamber pod. I mean, all of these men have jumped off the top of the pod except for which one of these didn't? Kalisto, John Cena, Dean Ambrose, or Sin Cara. Ooh, Phil. Ooh, uh, Sin Cara. Oh. No, dear, that's nah. wrong. To win it, John Cena, Dean Ambrose, Kalisto. God, I remember Kalisto dropped off the middle on all those people. Yeah. Like, that, like, spider thing and everybody uh, was maybe that's where I'm... Yeah, because he did take in ages to get up. Maybe that's where <laughs> I'm going wrong. I think Ambrose did as well when they rebuilt the 
chamber. I'm sure he'd like that. I, I love, love that when people are like, bloody hell, I put more on metal. Yeah. Give him a break. I'm sure he did like an accidental clothesline type yeah. deal. I'll go with John Cena. No, dear, that's wrong. Uh, he did a leg drop, didn't he? You were right with Kalisto. Yeah, just never that went off be the, the one. As well. Never came off the pod. Be the one because John Cena did a leg drop or something off the top, didn't he? Or oh, no, he did a big crossbody onto loads of people again. You mad bastard, John! I just want to double check then. So Phil gets this right. There, is a, there is a bonus. Do I get that last one right? Because I mean, the both loot yards, so they're pretty much. The same. <laughs> well, no, I wanted there to be a bonus question so we could ask uh, folks, where is the tie? <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is a written quiz written by someone who's actually got talent, there is a bonus question. Hey. <laughs> uh, so question 10, take the field to take this to the bonus okay. round. Uh, all about AEW wrestlers. Darby Allen once appeared on Sex, sent me to the <laughs> ER on TLC. Adam Page was a school teacher before he was a wrestler. Anthony Bowens was a private investigator briefly before becoming a wrestler. Or Luchasaurus once appeared on Big Brother. Folks, where's the lie? I don't know, but Phil, why not? I'm going to go with the Anthony Bowens one. Anthony Bowens was a private investigator. We're going to the bonus round, baby! Yeah. I knew the first two. I knew about the Big Brother one. Yeah. I've never heard the Darby Allen one. I will not be. I knew about the Darby Allen one. I knew one. about the Darby Allen one. I'm tracking that down. What was the show called? <laughs> Sex <laughs> sent me to the ER, and I don't know whether or not, you know, that was because he had a... <laughs> you know. Or because it's simply not an attractive show to be called Being a Reckless Idiot sent me to the ER. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe... Uh, Filming my latest vignette for my place of work sent me to the ER. To be fair, he was probably just trying to have sex on a skateboard on a ramp <laughs> or something. Yeah, maybe he said, Doc, I've got a problem with... These nuts. Or, Stop you it. know, he got kinky in the bedroom with an... Egg. Either or. And people say, Phil, though, you overuse this soundboard. <laughs> Use it exactly the right amount. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. My favourite button. Uh, <laughs> the music. Final question, just to clarify, it's all tied up four, four each, mm-hmm. three each? Something like that. Yeah, Regardless, four, we'll tie, tie'll do. Yeah. yeah, the most important thing, it's gone to a tiebreaker on... And I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Folks, where's the lie? Funniest clip of the year. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. This is like the day after... Uh, a little bit of the bubbly. Oh yeah, we ruined that. <laughs> we ruined that so quickly. Uh, <laughs> this question's all about Keith Lee. Keith Lee, where's the lie? His father introduced him to wrestling. He started out playing college football. He featured in a WWE original film, or he almost quit wrestling after a failed tryout in 2013. Humphlet. I think the lie for Lee is his father got him into wrestling because I think it was a different family member. That's what I was going to pick. You're exactly right. It was, in fact, his grandma that introduced Keith Lee into wrestling. We're very thankful that she did. Uh, We're also very thankful to Mimi Burris, uh, who wrote this week's hashtag bloody good quiz. Don't forget, you can write them as well if you want (laughs) for next year. Um, Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com. Or if you just want your name associated with it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it out with next week's quiz. The last wrestle culture of the year next week. Exciting. And a very hungover one. <laughs> that. But congratulations, Michael Hamlet. You are the winner of this week's quiz. 
Let us know how you got on on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and whilst you're there, of course, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Phil Chambers on Twitter at... PhilMyChambers. And you can follow Michael at... Michael Hamflet. And you can follow Adam Wilborn at... Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Hamflet earlier on today previewed SmackDown. Me and Sidge previewed Rampage. And over the weekend, uh, you've got the uh, NXT Deadline preview coming on Saturday and then on Sunday myself and the Dadly Boys are going to sit down and pick who we think could be Soraya's mystery partner on that January Dynamite that was advertised on Dynamite this week Uh, but for now this has been Wrestle Culture my thanks to Mimi Boris once more for the quiz my thanks to Michael Hamlet to Phil Chambers thank you for joining us have a great weekend and we will see you soon Wrestle Culture is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Wrestling! Where's the lie? (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.